Hey guys, I'm Pastor Jason Shirley. I'm the associate pastor right here at Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. And I'm really excited that you have joined us today online. Just a couple of things. I want you to drop us a line if you're watching wherever in the world and let us know where you're watching from. We would love to hear from you. Second, if you want to partner with us today in a financial way, then you can give by texting 84321 and just text your amount, or you can go to our website, wolcarlsbad.com, and you can click the Give tab and give that way. The last thing today is that if you have any needs or anything like that that we can partner with you on, then drop us a line and send us that, and we're going to partner with you in prayer. I believe today is going to be a wonderful day. I want you to open up your heart to receive from the Word of God today and always remember that God is madly in love with you. Let's get to the service. Um, but anyway, we're talking about the ministry of the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and uh, you know, we've talked about who He is and, and uh, what He has come to do. And then for the last two weeks, and this is our third week on what He's come to empower you to do. Praise God. Because there are some things that He came that we're not capable of doing on our own. We're not capable of doing by ourselves. We need help. That's why Jesus called him a helper. Praise God. But I'm amazed at how many people, though Jesus called him a helper, they think he quit helping. Well, Holy, Holy Spirit, well, he don't do that anymore. Well, he stopped doing that. Well, that, that was just for them back then. No, I think when Jesus said he's a helper, he wasn't saying, you know, He'll help you guys right now, you know, for the first for the first hundred years of the church. He'll help you guys, but after that, you're on your own. Everybody's on their own. Uh, my goodness, why would the Holy Spirit, you know, somebody said, well, can you go to heaven without the Holy Spirit? And I like somebody's response to that. They said, my Lord, I don't even go to Walmart without the Holy Spirit. And, you know, and the fact is, we need Holy Spirit's help today probably more than ever. Praise God. Praise God. And so that's what we're talking about today, what He has empowered you to do. Um, so let's, let's just, let's ask the Holy Spirit to teach us today. That's one of his functions. That's one of the things he does is teaches us. So say this with me. Say, Holy Spirit. I welcome you today to teach me, to help me to understand, to help me to grasp truth. I'll receive truth, be changed by it, and I will never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Isaiah chapter 61. The Isaiah, the prophet, uh, began to speak about the Holy Spirit and uh, or about Jesus and, and the work of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' life. And, and uh, here's what he said, Isaiah 61, verse number 1. In fact, uh, you know, Jesus actually quoted from this passage of Scripture. But he said in verse number 1, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, 
to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of prisons to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Now, notice here, he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to do some things. And then Jesus later on, he said, I'm going back to the Father. And when I go back to the Father, the Comforter's going to come in my place. And when he comes in my place, he's going to empower you to do what I've been doing. And so what Jesus has been doing is preaching the gospel to the poor, healing the brokenhearted, and all of these things that we just read. He said, he has anointed me to do these things. And if he was anointed to do these things, then he was doing these things. And if he was doing these things, then Holy Spirit, the helper, has come to help you to do the things Jesus did. So therefore, Isaiah 61 talks about you. Praise God. Praise God. Let's read that again so we know what we are supposed to be doing. We know what Holy Spirit has come to help us to do. See, a lot of people think Holy Spirit has come to empower you to, to dance and jump and shout and run around the church. And, you know, and a lot of people think that Holy Spirit has come to help you uh, uh, get a new Cadillac. Holy Spirit, think, they think that he's come to help you dress better, that he's come to help you uh, win the lottery. You'd be amazed how many people pray for lottery numbers. They, you know, well, if, if they expect to get that prayer, they think it's Holy Spirit that's answering it, right? You know, Holy Spirit, show me what the numbers are that I need to pick so I can win the lottery. No, he hasn't come to help, because that's not listed in here. Winning the lottery is not on the list. Praise God. Praise God. Neither is that new car, neither is that Harley. You know, it's not on the list. Nothing wrong with having a new car. I like new cars. Nothing, <coughs> nothing wrong with having a Harley. You know, that, that's okay. <laughs> Excuse me. I don't have a Harley, but uh, and, and I'm really not interested in having one. But I mean, unless you won't give me one, but I probably, you know. Um, but Harley Davidsons are not my thing. But uh, if they're yours, then that's fine, and and God's okay with you having a Harley. But uh, um, you know, the, it's not on the list. It's not on the things here that that. Uh, Holy Spirit has come to do in your life. Um, now, there are some things in, in 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, the Apostle Paul lists nine spiritual gifts. And I think we've kind of misunderstood some of these gifts. We have thought that Holy Spirit has come 
to entertain us. You know, and I don't find that on the list either. But anyway, there are three categories with three gifts in each category. And these are for a specific purpose. And, uh, yeah, just choking on my own spit there, brother. <laughs> but thank you. <laughs> That's a terrible feeling. But uh, three categories of three gifts, and each one of these has a very specific purpose, but they are to empower us to do the work of Jesus. Praise God. They are to empower us to reach the world. See, Jesus went back to heaven, and before he went back to heaven, he gave an instruction. He didn't give a lot of instructions, but he gave the important instruction of what he wanted done while he was away. And he told his disciples, he said, Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Now, in case you didn't figure it out by the, uh, that announcement that we had this morning about reintroducing God to the world, you know, we've been leading up to this all along. We've been bringing, this, uh, bringing a, our, our thinking up to, you know, Pastor Jason said it well, that we have been on a journey. And, and many times, you know, what you need to understand about, uh, about the way that, that we teach and we preach around here is that we usually have an objective in mind, a place that we're, we're going to. Praise God. And so, see, here's the bad thing. When people are erratic in their church attendance and erratic in, in getting the message, they get part of the message. And do you know that if you have part of the instructions, you can't get the job done? You know, if you if you get part of the uh, of the word, uh, part of the you know, if we throw away page three and page six of the instructions, you're going to be in trouble when you try to complete the task, because you know you're going to have parts left over. You're going to have fi have things that you can't figure out where they go, how they fit together, and uh, you know, and, and we need to have all the instructions. And so we have a, an objective, a place that we are attempting to go uh, with our messages and, and to take you there, and you need to follow it all the way through. And I know that sometimes people have to miss. That's one reason why we do an online broadcast. So that, now, there again, online should not be taking the place of your church attendance. Okay? If it's necessary for you to miss, that's wonderful. And we are so grateful when the pandemic hit and they said, well, we can't have in-person services. We were so grateful that we were prepared for that. Not only that, but we're going around the world. So there, there are reasons for our uh, online broadcast, but so you don't have to come to church is not one of them. All right? You need to come to church. Praise God. Now, here we go. All of these gifts 
are for us to reach the world and to fulfill the instructions of the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Now, I grew up in a church where there was, uh, you know, it, it was a Pentecostal denomination. And as a Pentecostal denomination, some of you know what that means. Some of you have no clue. And that's all right. It doesn't matter. Either way, we're going to get it right here. And we're, we're going to figure out what, what we're supposed to be doing as a church and what we're supposed to accomplish. Praise God. But, uh, you know, I was used to uh, people shouting. I was used to people uh Dancing before the Lord, I was used to these kinds of things and these demonstrations of the Spirit, and they don't upset me. They don't bother me at all. And, uh, you know, we're not going to escort you out if you shout. We're not going to escort you out if you, if you speak with tongues. We're not going to escort, you know. But, but we need to understand what these things are for. These things are not just to entertain you while you're at church. These things are for the purpose of reaching the world. And we're going to see how these things fit in. Praise God. There are three gifts that we call utterance gifts because there are times when I don't know what to say. God has given us three gifts by the Holy Spirit that are to make up for my human inadequacy. Praise God. There are times I don't know what to say. There are times when I don't understand the situation. There are times, you see, the Apostle Paul said that, that, uh, that we could pray in an unknown tongue and when we pray in an unknown tongue we speak divine mysteries he said that when we don't know what we should pray for as we ought to pray then the spirit himself helps our weakness or our human inability he helps it with groanings which cannot be uttered so in other words there are times how, how many of you have ever heard, had someone say, well, could you pray for me? And you figured out pretty quick that you didn't know the whole story. You only knew the part of it they were telling you, and it was slightly tainted. And so you didn't get the whole story, and if you had prayed the way that this one person that was talking the way they wanted you to pray, you would have been praying something that was contrary to the will of God. You would have been praying something that was, that was directly opposed to what God told you or, or told us in his word because you're getting a prayer request on a situation that you don't know the whole story. You know, I mean, it's like the it's like the kid. Well, he started it. No, she started it. No, he started. He no, you know. And and you get if you've been a parent, you've well, all I did was, you know, you you know how that works. But you know what, adults, 
do the same thing. And isn't it good that Holy Spirit knows the whole story? Isn't it good that he knows what needs to be done? I don't have to know what needs to happen. I don't need to know the whole story in order to pray. Because the Spirit himself, Romans chapter 8, the Spirit himself helps my inability. And he prays through me according to the will of God. Praise God. So I've got three gifts here, the gift of tongues, and there are times I don't need to know what I prayed. There are times that there is no, you know, there are times I'm glad I don't know what I prayed because I don't want to know what's going on between you and so-and-so. And, and, and there are times I, you know, I don't need to know, but there are times I do need to know when it involves something I need to do in my life, when it involves something that, you know, in my life, when it involves, uh, uh, the Apostle Paul said this in 1 Corinthians, the 14th chapter, he said that, that when we speak in an unknown tongue or when we prophesy, he said, it is for edification, exhortation, and comfort. So there are times that I need comfort or edification building up or I need an instruction in my life and as I pray by the Holy Spirit he can give me an instruction praise God but he says if I pray with an unknown tongue my spirit prays but my understanding is unfruitful in other words, my mind doesn't know what I'm praying. My mind doesn't understand what I'm praying, but there are times when I need an interpretation of the tongue so that my mind can have understanding. You see, I can understand it in my spirit, but I still don't know how to act on it. I still don't know what to do if I don't have an interpretation or if I don't have a, a prophecy. A prophecy is a word in a known tongue. It's in the language that you know. And so Holy Spirit is giving you a message through a word that you, or, or through a language that you know. But there are times that there is the unknown tongue followed by the interpretation, which is equal to the prophecy. Praise God. And so uh, really... When we, in, in, the, in the corporate setting of the church, the Apostle Paul is bringing some correction. In 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14, he's speaking some correction to the church there. And, uh, you know, the uh, operation of, of spiritual gifts in the corporate setting, uh, you know, that's important, but that's really not the primary function of these gifts. That's really not the primary purpose of these gifts. Even though there is a place, it's not the primary function. You know, you can, uh, you can have a, prim well, let's just say it this way. If you had 
a if you went down and bought a brand spanking new Humvee everybody knows what a Humvee is right okay you go down and buy a brand spanking new Humvee you can cruise down the highway but it will be not it, it will be missing its primary function it'll get you down the road it'll get you down the highway but its primary purpose is crossing creek beds and river beds and climbing mountains and, and you know that's its primary function and it was designed and manufactured for that purpose and while it will get you down the road that's not the main thing that it was designed to do the off-road stuff is what it was really designed to do and that's what separates it from the from the rest you know that's what separates it from a corvette now a corvette's got another purpose all of its own and uh, that's to get you there in a hurry but uh but you know there is a primary purpose and then there is a function that it will do okay there is a purpose uh, for tongues and interpretation of tongues and prophecy but there there is a primary purpose for it but there is another thing that it will also do praise god and the apostle paul uh he addresses that and and he says in the in the corporate setting there is an order that things need to be done in and, and an order that things need to follow praise god you know he said let's not get carried away and let's just all come together and start speaking with tongues he said no one benefits from that you know paul said i thank my god that i speak with tongues more than you all yet in the church i would rather speak five words in a known tongue than ten thousand words in an unknown tongue he said i'd rather speak five words so that you can be built up and edified so that the whole congregation can can profit from it as opposed to ten thousand words that you can't understand and so there is a there is a primary purpose but there is a function that it will also do and also accomplish praise god and so um, it's important that we understand these things and this is where we get into i need about a year to preach on this all right because i'm going to have to skip over some things and just lay that groundwork and i trust that when you go home that you actually study what i talked about okay because i want you to see it from the word of god not just from my mouth not just what i say to you but i want you to hear what holy spirit is saying to you and i want him to take what the foundation that i have laid and take you to the scriptures and help you to learn the rest of it that i didn't have time to say praise god and really the rest of it i didn't even know okay because i don't know everything I know some of you find that hard to believe, but it's, it's the truth. I don't know everything. Praise God. And so we've got three gifts that help me to say 
what I need to say. There are times, see, when a person needs comforting. Now, I'm going to show you another gift that helps in, in that situation as well. But there are times I can speak words of comfort to you without knowing what you need to hear. I don't have to know what's going on in your life. You know, I don't know how many times that I, I've just had something on my heart and I posted it on Facebook and somebody comments, say, thank you for sharing that. That's just what I needed to hear today. Well, I had no idea. You know, I just knew something I needed to say. And so I said it. So I, I put it out there, and someone was, that's just what I needed to hear today. I've had people uh, after church, they would meet me at the back door back there and say, I, I really needed that today. Well, I didn't know what they need. Well, there's a whole room full of people today, you know, and, and what one person may need might be different than, from what the next person needs. And Holy Spirit knows how to speak those things. Praise God. So when I don't know what to say, he gives me the ability to say what I need to say. Praise God. Now, there are three gifts that help me to know something when I don't know what I need to know. You know, have you ever had those times when you just knew something? You really didn't have any logical, reasonable explanation, any natural explanation for how you knew. You just knew. And it wasn't just, you know, Holy Spirit is not a gossip columnist. So he hasn't come to give you the dirt on the person that, that's sitting next to you. It's not what he came for. And I am always amazed at people who want to, by the Spirit, be able to know the dirt on you. But that's not what he came to do. When you need to know something. Yeah. There, there are a lot of times I need to know something. And he gave me three gifts that help me to know what I need to know when I don't have a natural way of knowing what I need to know. And so, you know, it's, it's not that someone snooped around and found out some information and said, well, the Holy Spirit just revealed that to me. No, he didn't. You were snooping. You were being a busybody. You were sticking your nose in something you didn't have any business in. That's why you knew that. But there are times when you need to know something and the Holy Spirit will just share it with you and help you to know. There is one called a word of knowledge, and the word of knowledge is when you receive information by the Holy Spirit that you didn't have any way of knowing and it deals with things in the present or the past. It's not knowing something in the future. It's not knowing, there's another gift for that. But this one is knowing things in the present or in the past. Uh, and, and 
this gift many times can be used to help someone who maybe they don't really believe that God knows what's going on in their life. Maybe, well, God don't know and God don't care. And, you know, I'm, I'm just invisible to him. No, God knows every detail of your life. And if I had a reason to know how many hairs were on your head, there is a number, and he knows it. Now, I've never had him tell me something like that because I don't need to know. And for some of you, that changes on a daily basis. You know, but... Uh, you know, but he's, he's got track of that, and he knows that, he knows that much detailed information about you, and he cares about you. He knows even when a sparrow falls, how much more does he care about you? Praise God. Praise God. And so, you know, often this gift of the word of knowledge will give information and it's given for the purpose of helping someone or reaching someone. It's not so you can show off and say, well, I know this about you. I know what you did last night. You know, that's, that's not what it's all about. It's not so, you, so that uh, you can expose someone. Did you know did you, did you realize that Holy Spirit would rather you not get caught? Do you know why people get caught in their sin? And why people get caught in, in, in the things they're doing? Do you know why? Because it's the same one that tricked them into doing it that exposed them. That's not the Holy Spirit that exposed them. You know, Holy Spirit would rather, Jesus said, I, I learned something very valuable one time. I learned something so valuable that Jesus gave in, in his messages to the churches in, in the book of Revelation, the seven churches of, of Revelation. There was one of the churches, and I, I can't even remember which church it was right now, but he gave a message to one of the churches. He said, I counsel you to buy gold from me, refined in the fire. And he said, and garments, white garments, uh, that the shame of your nakedness may not be exposed. He would rather you not get caught. He would rather you deal with the situation and, and take care of it so that you don't need to get caught. Praise God. And yet, some people think it's a great thing if they can expose somebody's sin. No, I call that a sad day. You know, the devil will put you in a position where you'll get caught doing the very thing he talked to you into doing. He sets you up. That's how he works. Why? Because he know, the sin will destroy you, but sometimes getting caught will destroy you worse than the sin. And so he wants you to get caught at it, but that's not what Holy Spirit has come to do is to expose people. 
Now, here we go. There are three gifts for knowing something. Word of knowledge, that's knowing facts in the present or in the past. Word of wisdom, word of wisdom deals with knowing things that are to come. You say, well, are there other scriptures that talk about knowing things that are to come? Well, Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit has come, He will bring all things to your remembrance that I've said unto you, and He will show you things to come. So that's things that haven't happened yet. And sometimes you need to know things that are to come so you can be prepared for them. And keep in mind... All of these gifts are to help us reach the world. All of them. Every one of them are to help us reach the world. And then there is one called discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirits is when you, you are able to see into the spirit realm and discern the, the plan and the purpose of a spiritual entity that is at work. Now, this room is full of spiritual entities, and you're a spiritual entity. But every angel is a spiritual entity. The Spirit of God is a spiritual entity, uh, or spirit being, I should say. Uh, and every devil is a spirit being. And so, uh, you know... It's not called the discerning of devils or demons. A lot of people love to see demons. I don't know why, you know. I mean, I've heard that they're the ugliest thing you could ever see. I've, I, I've only been told that. I haven't actually seen the devil. I haven't actually seen a demon. Uh, but, you know, I don't know why people want to see demons. In fact, most of the examples in the Bible is that people saw angels. People saw spirits from the Lord. People saw the spirit that was in a person. And, you know, and, uh, uh, but this spiritual gift is given to us to help us reach the world. Now, Jesus said, when you go into all the world and preach the gospel, you, in my name you will cast out demons now can you see how that might tie in with this gift maybe you are able to identify a demonic spirit that is present so you can cast it out praise God it's not just so you can say well I saw this and I saw no see we, we are too caught up in this show off entertainment mentality that we think that it's all about us. You know, it's all about me, and it's about me looking spiritual to you. We need to get off of that and get off of it now because that has been a major hindrance to us getting the gospel to the world is because we, we have made it all about showing off who we are. And in reality, we need to be showing off who Jesus is. Praise God. Praise God. So there are three gifts that are power gifts. These are gifts that empower me to do something 
when I don't have the ability to do what needs to be done. This is the gift that works in you to heal the sick. Praise God. He said, in my, they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Praise God. This is the gift of healing. And this gift of healing will function through you when you need, when someone needs to be healed. Praise God. Now, there's also the working of miracles. There are times when you might need a miracle just to save your life. There are times when you need to get from one place to another. Now, I, I'm here to tell you, don't discount any of the miracles that you read about in the Bible and say, well, that was back then. No, because by the working of miracles, those miracles can happen today if need be. Praise God. Praise God. They can be, you know, this working of miracles gift can be used to get people's attention. I mean, what do you think about when Elijah is on the mountain and, and, and he's out, set out to prove that God is God and the fire comes down and it burns up the water and it burns up the stones and it burns up the sacrifice. I, they were pretty convinced, I'm, I'm sure, that which God was the real God. Praise God. And so, you know, the, this working of miracles, it, it can happen, you know, to, um, to get you out of situations that you might not otherwise survive. And, uh, you know, there is a dangerous world out there. You know, I've known, I've known missionaries that were smuggling Bibles and miraculously, there would be officials, military people, look in their suitcase, which was full of Bibles, and couldn't see the Bibles. Now, isn't that miraculous? You know, and, and what other situations could you possibly be in that you might not survive except by the working of miracles. Uh, what about the gift of faith? There is the gift of faith, and this gift uh, gives you a supernatural level of faith. There is a level of faith that comes because you read the Word of God and you choose to believe it. But there is a level of faith that helps you to operate above and beyond what you are natural, your, your natural ability for faith. Uh, you know, I've said this before, and I, I don't say this in any way to, uh, to be boastful or anything like that, but I didn't even know it was happening until, uh, you know, years later. But, uh, you know, I... I uh, have said this, and you know, sometimes I even hesitate to talk about this because I don't want uh, anyone to get the wrong idea and, and think that I'm something I'm not. Uh, but I got to tell you 
that I, my wife and I operated in the gift of faith to raise our children. Now, what I mean by that, it's been well said that when you're operating by the gift of faith, uh, you, it, it really, it's a supernatural faith that makes it impossible for you to doubt. And, and as when my children grew up to adult age and I looked back over the years and looked back at their upbringing or, you know, their growing up days, um, I realized that there was never a moment where we even considered that they might not serve God. That thought... I could not remember a moment when that ever even crossed my mind. Now, I can't take credit for that. I, I'm, I am not that much a man of faith and power. You know, I am not that, I'm, I'm just not that great. But, you see, and that's something, the reason I go ahead and say that is because we need to understand that just because you operate in a spiritual gift doesn't mean that that's something you are, you know, that, that, that's nothing about me. That's a gift that God has given. When I stand on this platform sometimes and I call out things that, you know, God is uh, so-and-so struggling with this. They've got a problem with this. You know, you're, you're having trouble with your right eye or, you're, you know, those kinds of things. That's not because I'm so smart. It's not because I know things, you know. It's because of a spiritual gift, and it's meant to help you. That, that's the whole reason for it. It helps people to receive from God sometimes. Praise God. And so, you know, none of these gifts are about us. Now, I need to get into something here this morning, and I know I'm running out of time, but I, I, I have to go here. Um, so, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27 through 31 says, now you are the body of Christ and members individually. And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers. After that, miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles? And the answer of there, or do all have gifts of healings? Um, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, but earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way. The answer to all those questions is no. Not all do any of those things. Um, but then, notice what he said. Um, God has appointed in the church, and I think that may be where some people got the idea that they're just supposed to operate in church. No, that's not what he meant. He didn't mean in the church gathering. He meant God has appointed in the church. So within the church body, there are people that function in these things. They may not function in these things in the group meeting. All right. Now, he says, 
you know, not all do these things. And he says, but earnestly desire the best gifts. Now, here's what he's saying. But you are earnestly desire. I believe this is the, the correct way that this is, should be read. Do all uh, speak with tongues, do all interpret, do all work miracles, do all these things. He said, but all are earnestly desiring the best gifts. So in other words, we are to all earnestly desire the best gifts. And then he says, but I'm going to show you a better way than that. He said, there is a better way. And who knows what we know 1 Corinthians 13 as. The love chapter. He ends chapter 12 with, I'm going to show you a better way. And then the very next verse is chapter 13, verse number 1. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. In other words, if I, am, if I can operate in these gifts of the Spirit and I can speak in an unknown tongue and I can prophesy and I can interpret tongues, if I do all this, yet I don't have love, I am just annoying. Anybody ever got annoyed at somebody when they, they're, you know? And then he says in verse 2, And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have the gift of faith so that I can remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. A lot of people love to talk about what they do and what they give and what they, you know, and how great they are. And he says, if you don't have love, it doesn't matter what you do, you are nothing but annoying. And then he says, verse 4, love suffers long. And is kind. Love does not envy. So, in other words, if somebody else gets attention, love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Remember, we're talking about show offs. Love does not parade itself. Love does not behave rudely. I'm telling you, I have seen some of the most rude behavior in the name of spiritual gifts. But love is not rude, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own is not provoked, thinks no evil. See, there's, there's the guy that's always wanted to expose someone. 
He's always thinking evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Now, keep in mind, this chapter, though it is the love chapter and it tells us a lot about love, yet he's also talking about spiritual gifts. Gifts of the Holy Spirit here. And then, get this, this is, this is one of the most powerful parts of this chapter that has been so misunderstood. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Now, some of us says, well, see, right there, that means that speaking with tongues, he put that, he, that was a childish thing. He grew up into maturity, so he doesn't need that anymore. But that's not what he's talking about. That is pulled completely out of context, and that is completely and totally misinterpreted. He didn't say, when I became a man, I quit speaking, thinking, and understanding. No, he said, I quit doing them in a childish manner. I stopped doing them in a childish manner. And so what would be a childish manner? Back up to verses 8 through, uh, let's see, verses 4 through 7, you know, behaving rudely and seeking its own and provoked and all. That's, that's childish right there. When, when we think it's all about us, that's childish. He said, when I became a man, I put away childish things. I, stopped, I didn't stop doing these things. I stopped doing them like a child. And there is so much behavior in the church that is so very childish. Because it is so all about me. And that is one of the main characteristics of a child. It's about me. And he says that, that I stopped doing these things as a child. I became mature. I grew up. Praise God. And I began to realize that it's about you, not about me. That's a sign of maturity. Praise God. Praise God. And so... Remember, in Ephesians chapter 3, he said that we need to be rooted and grounded in love. And so when Paul goes into this 13, you know, here, here's what we've got to understand. Paul wasn't talking about spiritual gifts, and then he took a little break from spiritual gifts and talked about love, and then he went back to talking about spiritual gifts again. No, that's not, that's not how this thing works. He was talking about spiritual gifts, and then he began to bring love into the equation and how it relates to the spiritual gifts. And then 
he goes back with more detail about the spiritual gifts and how they operate. But he wanted us to see how love figures into this. Praise God. And if we're going to reach the world, which we're going to be talking about next week, you know, love is key. Love is key. You know, Jesus said this. He said, even sinners love those who love them. Who are we trying to reach? Sinners, right? We're trying to reach the world. Even sinners love those who love them. Yet here's what we've said as a church, and, and there again, I'm talking about the, the church universally. We told sinners, we said, well, yes, God loves sinners. But then we, we think that we can't say God loves sinners and leave it at that. We think we have to qualify that statement by saying, but he hates sin. I don't know why we think we must put that in there. Well, you've got to tell them the whole gospel. Is that the whole gospel? You know? I mean, God loves, loves sinners but hates sin. Have we now preached the whole gospel? No. God loves sinners. Period. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes upon him would not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved, but he hates sin. You know, I mean, did, did, did the scripture add that on to there? See, because here's what the sinner hears. God loves sinners, but he hates me because I sin. And we, we've, got to, we've got to learn that if I can convince someone that God loves them, they'll love him. And if you're unsuccessful at, at, at convincing someone that God loves them, you'll be unsuccessful at reaching them with the gospel of Christ. And so we don't, we don't need to always add that onto there. But he hates sin. He's, you know. It's almost like, you know, that's a requirement to say that. It's not. And, yes, it's true God hates sin, and he hates sin because sin hurts you. But we don't necessarily need to tell everybody that God hates sin. He loves sinners. He wants you to change. He, he wants you to, because he wants to, he wants you to have a better life. Because he wants to, to, he wants you to have fullness of life. He doesn't want you to perish. Praise God.
because he loves you. And when we talk, start talking about spiritual gifts, we're talking about God loving people in a tangible way. That's what spiritual gifts are all about. God loving people in a tangible way. Father, I just thank you today for your goodness. Father, I thank you for the opportunity that we've had to preach your word today. And Father, I pray in the name of Jesus. Father, that you begin to speak to the hearts of people that are listening to me right now that have maybe never received Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Father, I, I just pray that, that you open up their understanding right at this moment to see their need for Jesus. If that's you today, if you have never received Jesus as your personal Savior, I want to help you to make that decision right now. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. He did the hard part. He's the one that died on the cross. He did the hard part. Now you just have to believe and make a verbal acknowledgement of what you believe it's really that simple well it can't be that easy oh yes it is it is that easy so I want you I'd like everyone to repeat this after me and if you mean what you're saying then according to God's word you will be saved just say this after me say God in heaven I believe that you love me so much that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me that he paid for all of my sins so I wouldn't have to pay for him and then you raised him from the dead so I could have new life and today I choose Jesus to be my Lord and my Savior Jesus thank you for saving me Amen. Thank you once again for joining us today online. We value you and we want to hear from you. If you made a decision for Christ today, you can select I Choose Jesus on our website. And we've got a couple videos for you to watch so that you can get started on your walk with God. We've also got a free ebook that you can download right from our website called I Choose Jesus. And I want to encourage you to do that. Once again, thank you for joining us and remember that God is madly in love 